Welcome into another episode of Grass is Always Greener. I am your host, Ryan Elke, and a win is a win. Some good things, same old things, and some bad things. We'll we'll just dive right into it. Ready? One, two. is always greener. Here's your host, Ryan Elke. Welcome in. Grass is always greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. Follow me on Twitter, Ryan E-L underscore key. Follow the show on Twitter, always green, MSU. Listen to us, Google, Apple, Spotify. Over the weekend, Michigan State finally gets a win, 66-56 over Nebraska. And didn't play well. Well, some people played well. A couple players played well. And then we saw some other things manifest as it has been. Um, but this is a game, yeah. When you don't play well, you should beat Nebraska by 10 points. Nebraska was just coming off a month layoff. They're not that good of a team. I say they're just not a good team. So... You should control this game. Michigan State Prince controlled it throughout. Yeah, they couldn't really give that final blow, though, to kind of extend the game to where you could see a few more of the bench players play. But uh, kind of some revelations in this game. And let's let's just get in. Let's get into let's get into the good first. I want to talk about the good first because there were some players that played well that uh we need to talk about and first off we'll just go with the guy's been the staple for most of the year it's aaron henry 16 points 6 of 14 shooting six rebounds five assists um just solid all-around performance from aaron henry and again he's I, I don't want to say he's got to take more charge of this team because i think he is i just think people need to respond better because, yeah, it's just he's been the constant of this team all year. Well, it was nice to see Joshua Langford have a nice, solid performance throughout the entire game. First half, Langford at eight points, three of five shooting, a uh, couple rebounds, and a couple fouls. So only eight minutes played in the first half. But also, I know Tom Izzo has kind of said, like coming back from the COVID break, that, hey, I'm playing Langford too much. I need to get him down under 30 minutes and like we just need to find that balance of where he can find a shot, be consistent and I can play him just a few less minutes. This is a game to do it. Grand foul trouble in the first half kind of helped Izzo force that hand of not playing him 15 plus minutes in the first half, but you still got a consistent Langford in the first half. Second half Langford still, Still consistent. That's what we've been kind of waiting for for Langford to finally find that consistent stride for an entire game. Ten points, four of seven shooting, hitting hitting threes. So it's just nice to see 
Jeremy Langford have a good game like throughout the entire game. Not like, oh, he had one good half and then his legs got tired. Oh, he had a good half and then just, you know, the shots weren't there. So it was nice to see Langford just come out, have a solid game throughout throughout the entirety of the game. Uh, another good game, uh, Marcus Bingham gets a st- gets the start over Thomas Kithier. And while the box score wasn't too lit up with like the normal stats, like points, shots, rebounds, six points, four rebounds, a couple free throws. But he also had, was it three blocks? Let me look this up. Two blocks, three steals. And only 13 minutes played. And that's a little concerning because right now Bingham should be starting. There's been issues with Bingham, honestly, his entire career at Michigan State. Not big issues, just more of like, we need you to just take the get into extra gear. And we haven't seen that for Marcus Bingham. And maybe kind of a stat line like this, giving the start, getting the starts going forward, maybe they'll give him that that confidence and that want to that you know the coaches have kind of been lacking to see from Bingham throughout his you know third year here. And he did a lot of good things. Defensively he was locked in. You know, seeing passes go up and you know stealing the passes coming into the lane. His only one mistake really was taking that ill-advised three, got ripped for it, and rightfully so, just because that's something that these coaches have been trying to get out of Marcus Bingham for three years because he is a three-first guy, then go inside. And it's like, dude, you're 6'11", get inside, work that little turnaround jumper, work the like, – you can take small jumpers. You just don't need to be taking threes right now. I know that's kind of what – we see in the NBA these big guys taking threes, but it's like you're not consistent enough to be doing that. And right now we have three-point shooters. Right now we need someone down low. We need someone to kind of where he can work inside out. And you need to be that guy right now because no one else is really doing it. So it was nice to see Marcus Bingham have a good game. It just I wish he, we could see more minutes. And we probably will. Uh, considering what happened with Thomas Kithier, and I'll get into that in a minute. Another great game, Gabe Brown coming back off the COVID protocol, um, playing 18 total minutes, which I'm surprised he played that much, but I think he was much needed on this team, just kind of missing that that depth that they hadn't had for for a bit now. So six points, again, nothing, missed two open threes, but seven rebounds. And I know that's something... I've heard Tom Izzo talk about just like, hey, Gabe's got to be more engaged, getting rebounds, you know, just kind of doing more of the dirty stuff. In this game, I think he was just more engaged because he just missed basketball. Like He talked after the game. He goes, yeah, like my life's basketball. Like I'm happy when the ball's in my hand and that's it. And I think just him missing a couple weeks is just, is just torture. So he was just out there. He was just ready to bounce, ready to play. And that's something Michigan State needed in this game, which is someone out there ready to just hyped up. So those were the goods of the game. All Just those four players. They played well. I liked what I saw. And Hogard, I liked him being a little more aggressive in this game. And again, his stat sheet this year, it's, it's not going to be anything spectacular because he's not – 
I don't think he feels like he needs to be taking shots right now. He just needs to be the facilitator, and he's doing that well. And I saw a tweet. I don't know who it was from, but said, like, any whole guard slander, you know, we're not here to stand for it. And I don't know about you guys. Like, I haven't heard any whole guard slander from anyone. Maybe on a play here and there, but other than that, I felt I feel like all fans are content and happy with Hogarth's play this year, considering okay, true freshman coming in, like was told like lose weight or red shirt, lost the weight. And it's just come in and just kind of stabilized a point as a point guard. Like, I don't think anyone's too upset with Hogarth's play because like we we know what he should be right now as a true freshman point guard in this system. Like, come in, make some assists, play solid defense. If you have an open shot, hit it. It's kind of what he's doing. Like, I don't think we're expecting anything too much more out of him. Maybe to make a few more of those shots, to not just be settled with two points a game. Maybe that can bump up, get like four or six. Kind of averaging in the Rocket Watts territory. Of points. But other than that, like, Hogarth's been fine. I don't get where that tweet was coming from. I don't know who that person follows, but from all the Spartan fans and Spartan media people I follow, there's been no bad words about A.J. Hogarth this year. So, again, and if you're one of those people bad-mouthing Hogarth, don't. <laughs> like, he's been fine. Especially with a team like this, it's like that's the one person you're going to choose to call out because there's plenty of people we can call out. We'll call them out right now. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for Rocket Watts. Let's talk about Joey Hauser. Awful game. Followed out. Zero points, three shots, one rebound. And just, just not good. Like, it it was a real struggle. Just he's just in his head right now. I I met he's just in his head. So right now something's just not good. He hasn't had a good game really since Christmas, since versus Wisconsin. Other than he's just been blah or bad. So I don't know what needs to happen there. Whether they need to try to get him engaged on offense early to kind of get his head right. Start Malik Hall for a game to just kind of like take a little pressure off of Hauser at the start of the game. Just like, hey, we'll play Hall for until the first media timeout. You come in, you play that stretch. Maybe that's how it has to go for a game or two. Again, playing Penn State next, you might be able to afford something like that where Hauser will still get the majority of the minutes, but maybe just coming off the bench to just kind of gather what how the game starts for him kind of just watch the first few minutes just be like okay this is what's happening this is what i need to do and also can you just be a little more engaged on defense it's like hauser's defense is just bad i think half of his fouls or a lot of his fouls were offensive just trying to force things so somewhere there needs to be a reset with joey hauser right now because this i think his is more mental just like he's just not in a good headspace on the court at the moment so i think like the minutes still need to be there but i think he just needs kind of like hey sit we'll we'll start someone else versus 
versus Penn State. But as of now, like you, you just need a little bit of a break. Uh, then let's get into Rocket Watts. Or for Rocket Watts, uh, touch on Thomas Kithier. Um, not going to bash him or anything. Played the, played the first half, didn't start. Played seven minutes, two rebounds. Nothing spectacular, but pulled in the second half, um, or pulled at halftime. And uh, according to Tom Izzo, uh, he told, Kithier told his trainers that he wasn't feeling well. Just had a headache, had an upset stomach or something. Trainers immediately pulled him out of the game. They let Nebraska know what's going on. They put Kithier in isolation. And um, I guess went into a protocol. Uh, MSU has availability later today on Monday. So probably get an update on that. Follow me on Twitter, Ryan EL underscore key to find the full update on that. To see if A's whether it's just like, hey, just an upset stomach, ate something bad, or a COVID test. And the way it's kind of Izzo made it sound, like I know Michigan State's had like 12 of 15 players test positive for this virus. Sounds like Kithier may not be or may be one of the ones who hasn't tested positive yet. So it was unavailable second half of this game. Again, Nothing spectacular of a player, but he's still a guy that should be in there playing minutes, getting rebounds. Wasn't available second half. Saw a little more Sissoko, a little more Julius Marble. And those guys, like, can you just not move while setting a screen? That would be great. Really, that's about it. For, like, like, That's their issue right now is just like, too many moving screens, too many turnovers off of just them doing that. Like, like Marble had four fouls, or four, that's four, yeah, four fouls. Sissoko had two. Um, but just that's that's all you need to do right now if you're Marble and Sissoko. Just learn how to set a screen without moving. Just stand there. They go around you, they go around you. Set another one. But now let's get into the real issue of this team and a big issue that's kind of been hindering Michigan State for the entire Big Ten season, and that is Rocket Watts. I believe a message was finally sent in this game. Uh, Watts had five total points, again, only averaging six in Big Ten play. Uh, shot two or four, which is a hell of a lot better than he's been averaging Big Ten play percentage-wise. I believe he's been shooting like 28%, so a nice 50%. But turnovers. Four turnovers for Watts in the first half. And some of them were just like, he had the nice dish off to Sissoko, drove the lane. Sissoko gets a nice easy dunk. But other than that, like, then he tried that play two more times and just forced bad passes to a, a guy down low triple teamed. And I, I, he's just forcing everything right now. He's either for, trying to force stuff, make stuff happen, or he just gets really passive and does the float, the floating shot while flailing away from the basket. It's one thing, like, when Cassius Winston would drive to the lane hit a floater, but he's he'd more often than not be facing right at the basket, floating. Or 
He's perfected the shot where he can flail away. Some guys can. Rocket Watts, I'm just scared every time because he'll always hit the first one and then try a few more after. But I believe kind of the positive sign out of all of this is that I think a message was more sent to Watts in the second half. And you see it just by the minutes. 13 minutes in the first half, three in the second half. It sounds like Tom Izzo has kind of hit the breaking point with Rocket Watts. Not breaking point where, or to my, like, to me, I've said on Twitter, like, right now, Watts just shouldn't be playing any significant minutes. Because what has he done to earn those significant minutes? Nothing. He's done absolutely nothing to earn significant minutes at this moment. But right now, his, like, to me, his play on the court has to earn him minutes back. As I've said in post game, like, hey, like, you know, Rocket felt ready today in my eyes. Like, warm ups looked great. Attitude was great. And that's great. Like, that's great to hear that despite all the struggles, like, he's still, like, mindset ready to go. Like, I'm glad he's ready to go mindset, but on court, too many turnovers and just not hitting shots. So at some point, like, until he can prove that he can cut these turnovers back, what, why play him when it counts? Sorry. Like, again, I'd rather have Foster Lawyer out there. Because, yeah, Lawyer, even though he went 0 for 3 in the field, you know what Lawyer did? He sealed the game, <laughs> at least on the free throw line. Went 6 for 6. So just why like again, I think Towser and Watts need the message sent. It sounds like Izzo had start started sending the message the second half of this game. I'm just saying you're playing like another bad turnover, you're done. Like hell, Jack Hoiberg got a significant minute or two in this game. What does that say about Rocket Watts at this point? Well, in the last minute of the game, you need free throws. Instead of Rocket Watts being on there attempting to get the ball with Foster Lawyer, it's Jack Hoiberg. Yeah, I'm hoping all the best for for Watts. I want him to come out, start averaging 15 a game again, or even 10, like 15 too greedy, getting like 10, 12 points a game again. You know, a turnover can happen here and there, but. Here we are. Bad fouls and turnovers is the story of the game. And Michigan State's just kind of lucky that they finally hit Nebraska and it was after it was their first game in well over a month. So that's all that's where I'm at with this game. That's where I'm at with Hauser and Watts. I just think they kind of need to be sent more of a message of this Penn State game. Like, listen, you like at this point, you need to earn your playing time back. Like, Hauser, you need to earn your starting role back. Watts, you need to earn your playing time back. Because what you're doing on the court during games is not worthy of what you're doing in practice and in warm-ups. Like, it's just not matching. So until your play on the court can earn you those minutes, that's where we're at. Oh. <sighs> 
another 20 turnover game, 22 total turnovers. Again, and I know the the free throw discrepancy was bad once again. Let me, let me look it up real quick. Uh, Nebraska, 24 free throws. Michigan State, 16 with six of those coming in the final, like, two minutes. Oh, just not good. At least Michigan State rebounded that game. But, again, turning the ball over 20 times. They, you're going to beat a bad team in Nebraska. Are you going to beat Penn State? Penn State showing some fight. Like, they've they fought against some good teams. They started out 0-5 in the Big Ten. Now they're 4-2 and in their last six. And that was after coming out of their pause that they've had this 4-2 and stretch, I believe. Remember, they had to cancel games due to a COVID call, due to a COVID protocol. So, yeah, they're 4-4 four and four after their COVID protocol. That was part of their – they lost against Michigan, Illinois, Indiana to start out the Big Ten season. Missed their next four games. Lost against Purdue and Illinois. Then beat Rutgers Northwestern. L to Ohio State. Split against Wisconsin. Beat Maryland. And so you need like this isn't a Nebraska team where you can just kind of go through the motions and end up with a win. Like you're going to have to have consistent play throughout your entire team. Uh, it's not, hey, Hauser needs to come out and have 15. Watts needs to have 10. It, those turnovers need to cut in half. Stop with the dumb offensive penalty or offensive fouls that just are dead turnovers. They, they, like you know what I know it. It's the same stuff we've been screaming about all Big Ten season with this team. It's bad turnovers and and your stars thought coming into the year underperforming, and not even coming into the year, coming out of conference play. Remember, Hauser and Watts were playing fantastic in non-conference. Then just. I don't know. I just don't know what happened with Rocket. It's disappointing. And I said, I, I'm not going to hate on the guy personally. I'm just talking about his play. This is what it seems like from what I'm hearing. His mindset's still right. Working hard. Doing great in practice. My attitude is good. Something's not connecting on the court. And so maybe just Izzo just has to stop completely with the Rocket Watts experiment at point guard. And I know he wanted to take a little pressure off Aaron Henry, not have him play that, but as you saw in the Nebraska game, saw Langford running point for a minute or two. Henry having to do it. Hogarth, Lawyer. Those are your four I trust with the ball right now. That's like, like Watts, you're not in that equation right now. And Izzo, I think it's time to just stop protecting some of the feelings of the players for the time being and try to win basketball games. And I get, this is a tricky situation. Izzo has mentioned it plenty of times. Like, like, I don't know how to handle this the best way because we haven't been through something like this. 
I haven't been through something like this. Said he treated his team with somewhat of kid gloves just because of what was going on with the COVID situation, not being able to see their families, this, that, and the other. Like, we all know by now what these players and teams are going through. So I understand Izzo trying to, I don't want to say protect, but not be as hard on them because some of these things have been out of their control. And I get that. So I think, yeah, maybe, you know, when they're out of practice or like just easing up how you you handle them, but in games, there's just got to be more responsibility held in games and how people are played. Because I think that's what's costing this team some games is just not knowing when to ride the hot hand and when to just pull people out. I think finally saw is Watts only playing three minutes in the second half. Again, um, I, I got off on a tangent. Penn State, Tuesday, 7 o'clock, ESPN2. Um, Penn State's playing nice right now. Again, like, it doesn't look like they have like that Taylor Battle type player, a guy who's just going to go for go for 30. They have Myron Jones. Averages about 15, two guards at 15 a game. Isaiah Brockington, Myron Jones. Like that, like, yeah, they don't. Sh- Jones shoots forty-one percent from three. Brockington thirty-four. So like, they have some three-point capabilities. Brockington looks like he, you know, works inside a little more. Jones averaging almost six threes per game. But again, I think we can preview teams all day long. But what it comes down to is, is Michigan State going to cut down the turnovers? And are they going to play consistent enough? Because most of these games have been Michigan State issues, not oh, the other team just beat us. Iowa, I felt, was the only game where it's like the better team just beat you. All the other games, it's just been turnovers, inconsistency, bad defense down low, player rotation. Like, it's been on Michigan State why these games have truly been lost. So all I can do now is just hope that some messages will be sent and some things will start correcting themselves. Because despite being 9-7, and 3-7 seven, and in the Big Ten, you know, out on all projections of the NCAA tournament, the end of Michigan State's Big Ten schedule isn't awful, Granted, it's the Big Ten. You're going to have tough games, but it's like you have Penn State Tuesday at home. Iowa at home on Saturday. At Purdue. As we've seen, Purdue can be a winnable game. They're up, what, 15 at half, lost on a last-second shot. It's a winnable game. At Indiana, winnable. Ohio State, I don't think that's winnable for this team at the moment. I think Ohio State's just playing too well. Maryland, at Maryland, winnable. Michigan, I'd say right now, no, not winnable, but we don't know what Michigan's going to look like this coming weekend when they're finally out of their COVID break. So who knows what Michigan team will be by then. And as for games made up, 
I don't. The Illinois game is probably the only game that will be attempted to be made up because Big Ten's like, hey, we want everyone to at least play once. Indiana, they have a game schedule against Indiana already with Michigan State schedule going two games a week. I don't see them trying to fit Indiana in again unless they do like a back-to-back. But other than that, like, let me look at Illinois' schedule really quick because Michigan State does have like an off game the final week of the season. Like between their game between Maryland and Michigan – that's a week apart. As for Illinois, looks like the same way, so we could probably see that game made up in that week. As for a game against Michigan and Indiana made up, I don't know if that will happen. I think they'll just ride out the schedule and just try to make up the Illinois game. So, <sighs> it's a lot. Also, congratulations, William Golston, Drew Stanton, Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't know Stanton was on Tampa Bay. I didn't really know until this weekend. I signed on to the practice squad Christmas Day and then was promoted up to the active roster for the Super Bowl, being the third-string quarterback behind uh, Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbert. William Golston, uh, great game for Tampa Bay's defensive line. So, Congrats to them, Super Bowl champions. That's it. Either way, the Spartan was going to be a Super Bowl champion in that game with Le'Veon Bell on the Chiefs. So, other than that, I'll call it a day. Be back Wednesday, probably. Recapping Penn State, talking about what's going into Iowa. And that, as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm Ryan Elke. Follow me on Twitter, Ryan El underscore Key. Follow the podcast, Always Green MSU. Listen to us, Google, Apple, Spotify, download, subscribe, review, give five stars. As always, go green. Ready? One, two. That's another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Make sure you subscribe. Apple, Google, or Spotify. Why not all three?